0: Yo, you listening to the Oprah Row show with TT and Gigi and yeah, get it poppin'. hi guys hey what's y'all. up i'm tt hi i'm gg and i'm dd and this is episode 149 of the um you know the quarantine chron- chronicles i can't even talk um quarantine chronicles quarantine chronicles we're still here for the rest of the year because i'm not going out um i have already decided i'm not listening to you. stay my ass I think all of us are, but like, stay our asses put where we are. So many more quarantine chronicles to come. Right. A lot. So a lot. Much more. So, y'all um, hanging in there? I'm here. I think, you know, before we started, I was telling you, all I mean, I think everybody knows about my hair struggles and how now I'm, like, trying to be natural. (laughs) And I'm so over it. And I've only tried for two days. And I just, I don't have the patience to, like, try my natural hair at all. I have, like... 50 million pores on my head and it's just i'm i'm good i have 50 50 million pores (laughs) i have so much hair like each (laughs) strand and i have 20 different products like everybody's like we'll do it this way i don't watch 15 youtube tutorials and one person say do it straight one person say do it soaking wet one person say do it damp I don't have time. Give me my wig and I let me go out the door. (laughs) Did you order it yet? Did you order your wig yet? Because I've been going back and forth with this guy. He's gonna kill me and now I think I'm just gonna buy one. So um, yeah. You know I'm into Tyson. Mm. (laughs) Right. I'm trying to figure out what hairstyle would suit me best in the house. Because then I also have to keep that in mind. I'm like, if I ain't going nowhere, why am I buying that again? Because don't nobody want that tight ass band. On right. Because the wig is like a thousand dollars. Exactly. That it's an investment.
2: Like, it's an, it an investment, though. Mm-mm. You're gonna have that for a minute.
0: But then who's gonna braid my hair? That's my other
2: issue. Come on, Mario. Who's gonna braid my hair?
0: <laughs> Nobody's gonna braid my hair. <laughs> so now I have nothing but time when it when it comes to this damn um, natural girl chronicles. I'm gonna keep y'all posted. Write in any of, like, I mean, your you did have time to address it, so you might become a natural girl. I'm not, what's <laughs> going with y'all? <laughs> 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 Next case,
2: <laughs> I'm just trying to get my workout on. Like, I just finished some cardio right before this, I'm probably still sweating, but you know, trying to make the best of these home workouts.
0: Yes, come on, work out. Woo. Yeah, this is definitely, yeah, I took
2: a couple of days workout. off, but.
0: You going for a minute? Same. Are you back in the jump off?
2: Hey, I'm <laughs> outside in the <that> AMG. <laughs> I
0: can what's going on with you? Girl, nothing. Nothing. Chasing the toddler around. Tired. oh, t- Tired. Fucking tired. tired. Oh, we look anyway. all the same. So, um, today's guest, we have a lovely guest with us. i um, super Yay. excited to have you on, um, Uchechi, um, so you may have seen her on the grapevine and you are the co-host of, um, what, run the tape mm-hmm. and what is the other
1: podcast you're part of? My little notes got messed up. Sorry. Inside the pink, but we're on a hiatus. Okay. It's a long as a hiatus, but we'll be back. Okay. So nonetheless though, but if we you want to check we we, it. right, we get it. <laughs>
0: we get it. <laughs> Trust. But if you want to check out those podcasts, I, look, y'all are up there. Looks like they can catch up by the time y'all come back. So thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Um, so tell everybody a little bit about
1: yourself. Um, well, I kind of entered, I guess the media journalist space via the grapevine started there to December 2015 and have been a regular panelist since then. Um, in 2018 I joined run the tape with Brandon and Max, um, Max had to step away for, um, familial reasons. So it's been Brandon and I, Um, we have also a live sit. Well, it's on hold because of Corona, but uh, we also have a live series called "Subject to Change," which is essentially like a monthly um, live show that we put on. And also, I do a little bit of writing. Um, my nine to five makes that very difficult, but um, I also write. And yeah, um, also created the Inside the Pink in November of two thousand and eighteen, just to kind of give. Black women a space that I think that we have been denied for a long time, being allowed to tell our stories, Um, like taking the most like normal subjects and just expounding on it and talking about how it affects Black women. So, um, you know, we had an episode on blood and what that means in different cultures and societies and how that affects black women and stilettos um had an episode on sperm what that means for women because we always consider it and you know so you know how it affects men and just like talk about these things and like just at at the end of the show make sure that everybody who walks away walks away with some type of knowledge but especially knows um what the world means to black women
0: I love that. I love that. You said it was inside the pink.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, is this, um, is this just, like, a dialogue that exists, like, via script? Or is it visual, um... Podcast. Oh, it's, it's a, a, podcast. a podcast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got you. Okay.
1: Yeah. I love that. It's a podcast. Um, I created it with Aisha K. Faines, who's also on the Grapevine. Um, she also has her own, um... She has her own um, series called Women Love Power. Um, And so we just kind of came together and just basically wanted to make sure that we amplified just the stories and the voices of Black women because uh, there's definitely a, a... any erasure that's happening it hasn't happening but it seems to have been amped up in the past couple of years and you know i've uh, my life goal is to make sure that people don't succeed in that goal to erase to erase us right
0: come on. yeah you can't do that Yeah,
1: come.
0: i love it <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Nah." laughs> you,
2: you you brought up a good point about erasing black women like i've never heard that as a statement so when you say that like what do you mean like is there something you can kind of point to or you've seen in like recent media where you've seen that happening?
1: Yeah, um, we can definitely look at um, I, uh, my the best example is um, coming of age stories um, where we I, I don't know a lot of people a lot of people notice, but black men are black our men are black and um, women are not black. They're usually biracial, multiracial or um, just non-black. And it's kind of creating this world where we don't have black women don't exist um, but black men do. And it's to remove the monoracial black women to kind of like give the idea that that's because that's not attractive or that's not considered attractive in our society. So it doesn't make sense to place that person in the you know in the forefront. Um, so usually if you, if you look at Euphoria, if you look at, what's the new one that's, if you look at any Netflix show, actually, at this point, um, you look at all these shows, they'll always have a monoracial black man, but they won't have a black woman, um, or a black child. So like, if you go and so they make it seem like if you go to a school or if you go to like college, grownish is another one. If you go into these spaces that you won't ever find a monoracial black woman. And that's very odd because you have black boys. So that means that somebody is the mother.
0: Mm-hmm. I actually saw that on, I think maybe like a few days ago on Twitter, it was like, you know, obviously in a sarcastic tone, like a concept of, of having, you know, just, you know, I get, just literally a young black woman, coming of age story and I was thinking about it and I was like oh is that why I love Crooklyn so much and then I was like well what other like shows or movies have there been and I, I definitely couldn't think of a lot besides Crooklyn
1: we all came up in the 90s where Moesha existed Moesha. Family Matters existed right, um, right. you know even Boy Meets World, Topanga existed. Um, I mean, not Topanga, I'm sorry, Angela. Um, I'm trying to think of who else, but those existed for us. And as we got older, girlfriends, there was, you know, as we got older, but then as we got older, as we see this transition into a quote-unquote post-racial world, um, there's def- a definite shift of who is the main character, who is the love interest, um, who is allowed to exist. So... To be devil's advocate
0: a little bit, maybe I I question because in the 90s we had shows like Moesha, In the House, um, Shit, Girlfriends, Living Single, all of these, Martin, all of these stories where we did see black women, monocolor black women. And before, maybe we didn't see the stories of a biracial or multicultural person. Maybe now is the time that they're highlighted.
1: They were highlighted back then, too. It's just that we didn't. They weren't highlighted as biracial. Mm. So if you look at the uh, the Cosby show, Denise is is biracial. So was the woman who um, Lisa Bonet. And so was the woman who played her older sister, I cannot remember her name right now, but they both, the guy who played, um, who was the guy that everybody was talking about, because he play, he worked at Trader Joe's, and
0: Elvis. Oh, yes, Elvis. Yes. That was fucked that they did. But,
1: yeah, he was fine, he was just working there for benefits, but he was doing alright, but, um, yeah, like, so all these people are biracial, but they didn't get The opportunity to be biracial characters, Mm. they were just presented as black, and that's that would be fine if there would be nuance to showing what blackness is. Okay, so the thing, so, um, and not only that, you can even, even as far as having those shows, a lot had to do with the fact that these um that we had networks that were considered to be urban so they were allowed to have Mm -hmm. these shows but as these networks started being bought out we noticed that these shows no longer um existed
0: anymore like cw Uh, yeah i was literally like like up when it was upn to cw
2: Mm -hmm. right up to upn right network (laughs) um i did see a lot of this conversation happening around um kenya barrett's show black as fuck or Black AF on Netflix, Mm -hmm. Um, Grapevine Grapevine even had a episode, you guys had an episode where you kind of dove into this whole notion around um, mixed-race shows and what have you. Um, For people who didn't see it, um, if you, I guess, what was your kind of stance on around, I mean, you kind of just told us, but what was your stance around (laughs) this show in particular and how um, families were depicted?
1: So for this show in particular, I don't, the show itself, I don't think is problematic. I don't think it's as funny as Kenya Barris is attempting it to be. Um, no, you can't say that it, now.
2: Some people was laughing. I was laughing.
1: People are laughing. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed. <laughs> I laughed a couple of times. Um, but I think it was... He... Um, I, I want to say... I forgot the guy's name. But the guy who created Kirby Your Enthusiasm was his inspiration. Uh, okay. Um, okay. So... I compared it I, I was like okay well, this is a, he basically he was doing the same thing that that guy did he was a director or a creator of a uh, part of Jerry's uh, design show mm-hmm. got it. so yeah. what that guy wanted to do was step behind was to kind of step out from behind the scenes and put his sh- put his life on screen yeah. which is how we got But Larry, like, Larry, Larry
2: David is more funny I never David saw him yeah, I never saw so
0: I, come oh, on. I'm glad that you said that because I for the life of me and granted i didn't do any research because sometimes this research is as far as i go is just as far as i can scroll on twitter but i was trying to figure out why curb your enthusiasm kept coming up in relation to black so i'm glad that you mentioned that because now i'm like oh okay that makes sense
1: that's so i was just like oh so let me compare it to its predecessor and that was it and i was like oh it's cool it's not as funny though but you know I understand where he was going with mm-hmm. it. I think my issue with the show was that um, it's redundant because he already did that with Blackish. Um He created the show about his life. Um, it's not like a document. It's kind of like a comedy docudrama type of thing. So it's not even like an actual documentary series um, about his personal life. And then um, when you talk to Kenya Barris about colorism in um, Hollywood, he becomes obtuse about it he pretends like it doesn't exist like people are trying to be divisive when it's an actual excuse me when it's a real problem and he Mm -hmm. likes to make it seem like people are attacking him for the way his family looks and him trying to present that when it's like no you are a gatekeeper in the community you have the opportunity and you do take it but you have the opportunity to change things and you're very comfortable where you're at so I think that for me that was my problem. I and also I guess black as fuck like that's a little like it 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 gets a little dicey because it's like well then what is considered black? But um, I wasn't even thinking about the title mm-hmm. uh, once I realized once I you know learned the premise of the show. My real my issue is with Kenya Barris himself, and then just his lack of like. Attempting to be aware that colorism exists is very rampant in Hollywood, and he has the opportunity to change that, and he'd just rather not do
0: that. Yeah, I guess because yeah. I haven't seen him—I don't. I haven't done much research on Kenya Barris outside of him creating these shows. So when you say that he, he becomes obtuse about— um, colorism in Hollywood you mean like as it pertains to uh how it's projected on film or like even behind the scenes like is it you know that he doesn't employ you know black writers or you know producers or things like that just so that I'm clear
1: from what I wrote excuse me, from what I know of him, I'm not sh- I don't, I, I can't speak to his hiring mm-hmm. process. I think he tends to hire more m- m- black men. I'm not a hundred percent on Got that. It. Um, but then also I can kind of, that because the when black women are in, are writing in the room you could tell the difference mm-hmm. there is um and this is what Ryan Coogler was talking about when he got a cinematographer that was when the majority of his staff was black women when he was doing his movies he was like there's a difference there's uh a, an attention to detail that you wouldn't get if you hired a man um and he said that he said that he said that over and over again so you can tell when a woman is doing a show when a woman is doing a show or uh, when women are, you know, heavily behind the cameras. Same thing with uh, Ava DuVernay. If you watch Queen Sugar, the way that the shots are, f- you know, filmed and mm. um, uh, Shonda Rhimes is another one. When she, when you employ a lot of women who are directors and producers, cinematographers, um, you can see the difference. And it's, it's. Um, I can't speak for his hiring practices, but. It, it's looking a little like more male oriented, which is not uncommon because it's TV and TV has a lot more males behind. We're just getting to a space where there's more and more women coming mm-hmm. up. Um, as far as his ability to change it, I think that he has gone far enough. He's had a long career and blackish, grownish mixed-ish is different because it's portraying the the is actually portraying the you know, uh, I don't know. But all these shows he's created, he could easily blackish. There's one dark skin, you know, the daughter's dark skin, and then there's there's the one episode they had about colorism, but then everybody else around her still is lighter skin, grown-ish. They're in college at a school, and it seems like the darkest person is uh Diggy Sitz. You know, things I, like I that. Love, it's just I'm like, like I love my grown I'm like my grown oh, now she's yeah. Uh, I'm
0: grownish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now they added her they oh I love that show. I think it's so cute. Um I remember watching the first episode and and dying a secondhand of embarrassment because I'm like, wow, this reminds me so much of sometimes I don't remember, yeah, I don't want it, to remember. It's oddly,
0: um, really good. Just, I think I find it. I, so I love... to preface it. I I loved uh, Black AF, and I and I don't know like obviously you know everything that like goes on behind the scenes and and everything else and I think the only like the the caveat why I didn't one I'm looking at it for entertainment so I'm not even I'm never gonna like probably Mm -hmm. unless it's like super problematic like really really do a deep dive and I think because it is centered around his family I didn't probe those questions when it's like Rashida Jones isn't black enough and this and that I'm like well his wife is like super fair skinned believe she has like green eyes or something she's, like, she's like that yeah. Multi-racial, so, yeah like like it like to have grown-ish and to have mixed and to have all these issues that are a spinoff of this multicultural if you will family like I still think like the grandmother and the, the um you know their experiences and like Lawrence Fishburne and Pops um and um what's everybody's favorite black grandmother that's the Jennifer Lewis. Yeah. Like, you know, all of those things. Like I, like I said, I love that show. And I think because I also, I watched that one that I completely understood black AF. And then some of the criticisms, I was just like, Y'all, we are broke. Like, I'm not getting on a private jet, like to go to Bali. And and it's like we've never also seen like that type of wealth and opulence for a black family. And he and I feel like at the same time, he still kind of struggled with it. Like with every episode, people are like, it's called because of slavery. But he like he dressed ridiculous. Like those literally entire printed monogram um Gucci sweatsuits and like that huge <laughs> yeah. chain and, and everything. Like he couldn't speak to the art he was buying, but it's like like Like, well, I got money and this is probably something I should do. Um, and, I, and I also don't think we've seen a show that had, like, th- there was no in-between on Black AF. You either really liked it, or you did not like it. Like, and I feel like we also haven't had anything that... I th- I feel like she might be the first in-between person that we probably <laughs> probably heard. I feel, like, it's I, I, I feel like, like, this is horrible, should never be called this, or, like, what are y'all talking yeah. about? This was actually really, really funny.
2: I'm, in the me- I'm also in the middle. I'm very, like, it's cool, like, to put on in the background, but, like, I wouldn't I'm not... If there were a season two, I would be like, oh, let me turn that yeah. on right now. Because was it,
0: like, was one kind of through five the same? Was one it, through five, like, the same storyline? Absolutely. Yes. It was. Yeah. Like, yeah. but you know what I did with it? <laughs> Soaked off my nails and I was getting real ugly. So I was like, right, I was just like, okay, i was just passing the time. Like, you can't watch Game of Thrones while you, you know, like, doing, like, real things. So, yeah, I thought it was, you know, yeah. I, I I thought it was cute and in another... Like I said, it was cute, like, and I would I rush to go watch season mm-hmm. two? No, but I
1: would I watch season two? Yes,
2: for sure. Mm. Well a show that I think
1: terrible, but... yeah, <laughs> it's I... not terrible but Yeah. It's not terrible but it, it's more so, I think, I, for me, and I think a lot of people, if they sat with it, I think the issue is more so Kenya Barris than it is the actual show. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the show is about his family, so he's going to represent his family as is. Um, but the biggest, I think, wh- if you were to, like, really sit and say, it's like, there's always a visceral reaction to the creation of people that you are sick and tired of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think people are tired of What else has he done mm-hmm. besides the ish? Yes. Oh. <laughs> um he he yes. did a okay. girl's trip um, oh that's right okay yeah he did girl's trip and then there's also discussion about like how he the darkest person was um regina hall's husband um so that that it, it's it's interesting how he presents women I, he's done some stuff in the past um he was definitely a part of the that 90s era 90s early 2000 um black i want to say girlfriends is, is he's a part of girlfriends too
2: he oh, was I, a, I could a, a writer.
0: I, oh, yeah. I think he might have been. Oh, yeah. I got to do some deep dives on him. Um, yeah, on him. Yeah, he's Same. also
2: doing the um, upcoming Coming to America movie. Yes.
0: Okay. Oh, he's doing that? Yeah. No. Yeah. With Eddie?
2: With Eddie. Wow. Okay. It's, um. It's supposed to come out in December of this year.
0: Is it? Look, is okay. it? Like, where are they <laughs> It's
2: supposed to come right. out. Look, it might be on Amazon this Prime. That, now, it, might be, so. it, it might be coming out in like
0: 2022. <laughs> I'm like, more than 10 people on a set. And I just can't even imagine like, what, you know, shows are we even going to be able to watch like, because if you can't film right now, like, what are these seasons about to look
1: right. like? Yeah. We're well, looking to CGI uh, extras Wow, now, which is sad because there's people who make who make the living off of being an extra and expensive uh, actor so that's going to be interesting and it's yeah so well no the cgi it's actually cheaper to pay than people to, if you okay to, to, yeah then to wow so apparently it's like so they're like okay it works for now but will they keep it up when you know we're at when we can like move about a little more freely and it's looking like they might just stay with, like, because you don't have to deal with, like, <laughs> like um, people. Release All problems. that release Yeah. <laughs> Look, the only thing yeah. I can
0: think of as long as I'm extras, not in the back, like, what was that Tyler Perry movie with the horrible wigs, and the people were, like, eating fake food? Oh, a fall, a fall from, from grace. grace. As long as I'm extras, not, like, um <laughs> like, Wait. Them, them extras in the back, eating no food, and just, like, but I actually read how you feel about no, a fall you from grace? <laughs> I say, how she feel about oh, a fall from no, I grace? Mean, that was horrible. Like, let's be clear. Look, I'm all I, speaking I, for you. I, I'm speaking <laughs> for everyone. That was horrible.
1: That was a miserable film. Um, <laughs> not miserable. <laughs> I watched it because I want. I, I felt like left. I, I was. Feeling, I was getting. I was like getting like FOMO because everybody on Twitter was watching it. Oh there. yeah. I was like, I want to watch it too. Like a damn pool. Um, and so, sat in my house and watched it and, uh, (laughs) <laughs> i was like i could not believe. I'm kind of <laughs> trolling us. Like, is. like he's trolling us because there's no way in hell that he came out and said yeah i did the movie in 10 days put that shit out i did and that it's like yes that yeah. is a job well done like, that's insanity
2: <laughs> but there's like a market for a certain group of people that like loves those type of tyler perry films like my mother thought it was a great film kind of thing like she probably watched it twice <laughs>
0: Oh wow! But he and he spoke to that in black I, AF. Mm-hmm. Like he knows his demographic, and he makes. And, yeah, and that's the do. thing. Here's the thing. I'm not mad at it. What, am I? Am right. I going to still watch it? Yup. Because I, part of me, we know I like Tyler Perry movies, but I don't. But I but I do. I like, like too. But was that one horrible? Absolutely. Yeah, it was. T- it was terrible. It was terrible. Mother, the family <laughs> that You know, the family that and Madie. The <laughs> I'll try to get him like four hours. Yes. Yeah. Every, every time, time it's on TV, TV I try yes. to watch <laughs> Green League I could get into that, but I can't get into any of like the scripted TV shows. But um and every time I see the commercial for I, I, not sisters, oh my god, it's another one. It, the same commercial comes on. What's she's, no, all she says is, is guys laying down and she's like i see the porn in your glasses and every time this commercial comes on i'm like this is this i wh- how did this even
1: make it onto television
0: oh, i'm gonna find it because it comes one. up every day every day so
1: so i i um, actually do watch sisters um oh, and good. at this rate it it has so much potential to be A great show. It is terrible. I'm committed because I I tried. (laughs) I I, I tried. That's fair. I couldn't get into it. It is like there's a lot of there's a lot of things that bother me so much Mm. about that show, like the homophobia and the biphobia and the Mm. like just the way they, you know, present women. I'm like, there's a woman on there who's a lawyer, and I've never seen a dumber lawyer in my life. Like, I'm just like, there's no way that you are a lawyer. Wow. Your man is doing all of this stuff, and every time somebody asks you a question, you'd be confused, <laughs> deaf, dumb, and blind. Like, and it frustrates me. So, it, but, you know, I watched already half the season. And I was like, I gotta, you know, I wanna see what happens. I wanna see how bad it can get. Like, so. You
2: wanna know what lawyer is getting on my nerves on TV right now? Molly from Insecure.
0: Oh, oh, I can't. (laughs) Molly, that's where gonna go. I can't.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. I love
2: Insecure. Insecure
1: Was she she corporate law? I do. I was just telling somebody. I think I'm. I'm, I think I'm fatigued by Insecure, which is kind of interesting. That because we've been away for for two Mm -hmm. years. And then it came back. And I was like, why is still here? Hmm." (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um. I think the the last (laughs) episode three, I think, kind of saved so far. Like, you know, episode one and two. One, I think, and I said this on the last episode. I just feel like, you know, when, when with other shows that we watched in the past, like the shows that we've already mentioned, there was still some type of resolution or there was just way more going on. And those 30 minutes of insecure, sometimes I'm like, okay, well, yeah, like that was actually 10 minutes, like to set Mm -hmm. that up. Um, and I, I, like, sometimes I just feel like I need a little bit more from them, but I, I, mean, I absolutely loved episode three where, you know, they, that was like the episode, oh, the Thanksgiving episode. Um, that, like, that one, hands That's down, the other way it yeah, was shot, yes. like, the conversations, like, everything in that episode was, like, top-notch. And then episode four, I kind of was like, okay, we're back to where we were.
2: But I'm upset that they didn't pick up from episode three on episode four, like, did... She respond back to laughing yeah. emoji. Like, mm. what happened I mean, because there here? was so much to talk about
0: with episode three. It was, you know, like, do you invite yourself over for Thanksgiving? And then, like, they're fr- obviously the, the common thread of the show this season mm-hmm. is their their friendship is not... One, I don't think they were ever... I started thinking about it. I don't think they were ever, like, really, really good friends. Like, uh, somebody played... I, I, re- I saw a clip from episode one, you know, when she which he embarrassed her. Yeah. When they were in the yeah, car and they like, were in the car you know, going back and forth mm-hmm. about Issa, like, you know, with the broken coochie or whatever it was called. Um, And I was like, damn, they Mm. were never... And then I think their relationship has always just been so codependent. It's always been like Molly having her shit completely together, Issa just being a mess, and, like, Molly coming Mm -hmm. to the rescue. When they're, like, both messy as fuck. Like, they're both a mess, which is typically most people. Um, But now that Issa's kind of, like, getting her footing and finally doing something that she's really proud of and wants to do, and Molly is just so unsupportive. I just cannot wrap my head around it. She
1: was... So I was thinking about that today. That she was supportive. of the I was the just block about to say when went it was an idea. idea. Yeah, she was
0: super supportive.
1: Mm-hmm. Right when she was very supportive when Issa finally, because she was like, "Oh, girl, you can do it. You can do it." I don't think she ever thought that. Nope. Issa would do right, because um, she knows Issa, um, and Issa is not good with like she's not good with like Issa Issa D is Issa mm-hmm. right a lot mm-hmm. just without the work ethic. <laughs> like mm-hmm. so, like. Issa doesn't like confrontation. Issa doesn't like dealing with people where she has to, like, you know, do too much and beg because that means that she has to put her, you know, stick her neck out. She doesn't like doing those things because it puts her out there. So now she's just like, I can do it, even to the point where she... I think people, a lot of people, forget. Like somebody was talking about, like how Issa is manipulative and she's only using Condola. I was like, well, yes, that's why she introduced herself and said, "Hey, I'm putting on this, you know, Mm -hmm. right." Like that—that's the purpose of their relationship. It blossomed into something more,
2: and it's not her fault that it's Um, something more.
1: You know, yeah. they like each right. other. That's why you know, people who work together, if they like each other, they become they probably become friends. It's not an uncommon idea. Right. So like it's she went to Condola for help. That's exactly why she went to her and she aided her. So when Condola disappears, the one who has all the contacts, the one who has like everything, it's uh it's devastating for the event for Issa who thinks she was great who's, you know, gaining a friend, right. you know, finding um, at the same time, I think it was probably for the best because Condola would have been another. you I think she? So. Y'all think she has something mm. to do with Schoolboy Q? <laughs> mm. I, I hope to God not. Yeah, I was like, I hope to God not. Yeah, not. I, would I would be
0: a like
2: okay One, that, I
0: like, rappers don't cancel that far in advance but i mean obviously you know <laughs> it can still happen but i was like he coming from la i'm thinking like too logically about it um but i, yeah, I was like i don't think she's that trifling but i was like
2: if she did we're gonna send her her condolences, yeah, cause cause her she her condolences. Be i've seen
0: Garganzola. i've seen so many things <laughs> about that poor girl's name Like they will not let. Yeah, I've seen so many things about about her. Um, the name. Like I I just. Well, okay. Would y'all have if you were Molly? Would you have the as you know your new, um, Live Nation, will to help out, and and get uh, artists for the event?
2: Yeah, if it's my best friend, I would. If it's my best friend, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. I would definitely have told Ethan. That's what I thought was going to
2: happen. First. Boy, you because I can. Kinda, I could get that. Right. I could get that. Right. Yes.
1: I would have yes. been like, okay, girl, like you know, I'm. A, but then once again, it has to do with like, does Molly take what she's doing seriously? Because I'm like, I know that you want to do this because we. If you, when she said like, "Yo, my headline dropped," she's like, "What yeah. did you do? What did you? Right. Fuck up? Where did you go wrong?" Right. And I was just like. Okay, she just told you her headliner dropped. Like, I understand wanting to keep your friend accountable, but at least to be kind enough to know that yeah. shit is like terrible. Right. And she there it just wasn't there because she was mad that Ethan didn't call to talk about Molly. Right. Um I I understand the thing is I actually do understand why Molly was this uh, this is too early to be asking for favors from my man for a friend. I get it. Mm-hmm. At the same time, um I would have at least been like, okay, like, I would have at least helped my friend strategize on how she can to do it, herself. Yeah, right. That's fair.
2: Mm, have they met? Yeah, he was, they, Nathan, she yeah he was Nathan's...
1: She he really was made, that was his roommate. That's Nathan's friend.
2: Got it. Yes, yeah. that was his roommate. So I didn't know why yes, he wasn't yes, one of yes, the yes. first calls,
0: anyway. In the, in the very beginning, like, when she was first planning this, like... Just probably but I would still think, you know, like most of the times, especially something that ground up, like you typically are starting off with your network in particular. Now, granted you and your best friend are like, there's been a rift, but like to know that she she's like literally in direct relation of this man who works at Live Nation and works with all of these artists, I was like, why didn't she ask him at first when she really didn't? I was like, why didn't she ask him? Why she didn't ask Daniel? Um, I just I'm like, why didn't she ask all these other people? Girl, she she all out of favor to Daniel's. <laughs> this she was on his
1: yeah, house
0: she's for the six weeks. <laughs> like, I also find it just funny that Mopsy is she's a terrible communicator, but you know. think she's shown up with her father, like, and holding on to what he's done and holding him accountable for the actions that he's had made in the past where his mother, her mother wasn't even holding him accountable. And finally, you know, after speaking to her brother, she's like, all right, well, let me bring you the pie and at least, like, not make this super duper awkward. She can communicate with Andrew about, like, hey, I'm super busy, I'm doing all this and that, but, like, her and Molly have taken... Forever to have this conversation that one shouldn't have happened on Thanksgiving. Well, I thought it was also, that yeah. timing was so weird to me. I don't want to have that conversation with you on like Thanksgiving on a day where it's typically for celebrations and family and taboo. Like, to me, that timing right. was just already like, no, who, I don't want to talk about that. To like go outside and like in the middle of taboo, like everybody play taboo on Thanksgiving. I just want to play taboo with my family and eat pie. Mm-hmm. I just,
1: I I don't know. I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. know where, I don't know where it's going. I, so my, Issa has always kind of been trash. We don't expect much from her (laughs) because her life has been so, in the first season, it was very mundane. She had the boyfriend that she lived with. She had the very, like, the job that didn't satisfy her. She just lived this very unsatisfying life. And then it just all kind of fell down on her when she, um, when she cheated. So, people don't expect much of Issa, but because Molly is, you know, she has her career together, she has her life together, there's this expectation mm-hmm. of Molly to be the better person. Um, and I think that kind of trans- that translates to real life, where we think that people who make more money and who have, like, these cert- certain positions... Um, oh, that's are real. better at things like communicating and dealing with relationships and stuff like that. And that's not the case at all. They're very much similar in the sense that they are both navigating this world and, and really don't have the proper tools to do it and are picking it up as they go along the way. I will say that Issa is kind of like, she's always been this kind of like friend who is just really poor at communication and she doesn't like confrontation, but she's trying her mm-hmm. best to be better at least be more positive in her life. Molly is a little more defensive because uh, Issa is not adhering to what she's used to. Um, and so it ends up becoming passive aggressive. So when you look at it, it's almost like Issa's right. like, I don't even know what I'm doing wrong. Cause she's not being told. Oh, That's real. Um, right. And then Molly mm-hmm. thinks she's just ignoring yes. it. You said-
2: There's a lot of like, inferring going on. Like, I think you're right. doing this. or I think this is happening. Or I think this is how you feel. Like, their whole communication riff is because no one's taking the extra right. step so to get more detail. Yeah. Like, it was, for example... Just to
1: simply say, like... Yeah, it was, yeah. like, that
2: scene when um, Lawrence was, like, leaving out the gate and, and like, Molly mm-hmm. was looking out the window. <laughs> and she was yeah. assuming that... That was
1: foul. Right. And so she assumed <laughs> that
2: Issa was leaving to go with him when, in mm-hmm. actuality, she was just messed up yeah. because mm-hmm. her headliner dropped out. So, being a friend, you could have, like, made a joke about that or, like, said something. But, like, you are now assuming that she's trying to get her old thing back and she's stuck in her old ways. So, yeah.
1: And in the past, Molly would have made a joke about it. Like, oh, you trying to go with, you know? Right. And it's just so crazy how annoyed she is by Molly, by Issa, that she's just like, oh, here she go with this bullshit. And she's telling me that I'm trying to be a mom because she's still... And it bothers her so much because there's a little bit of truth to it. Like, that's what, what you know, Issa said about her. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you want to be happy. You know, I really think that it bothers Molly so much because there's a little bit of truth to it. And I was like, oh, this is why I need Molly to go back to therapy. be so the honest kind of, like, in therapy. The second way, going on. Was not honest you, with
0: yeah, her she was not, she, be honest she, was she not. didn't tell her therapist about Dro because, until... A, Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I was Which like, therapy don't work is... unless it you work it. Like that is really right. a fine. That is a prime example of that. Right. You have to be serious about therapy. Mm. <laughs> well, can we play a game with you, Chachi? Um, we have fuck Mary Kale, insecure version or insecure. Uh, <laughs> It's oh, your yeah. cast members, okay? <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> so we have obviously okay. Lawrence, Drew, and then Andrew. Who would you fuck, marry, and kill?
2: <laughs> I wish I could see her face right now. I wish I could see her face right now.
1: <laughs> None of them, all of them oh, they they really are. They, they, they really, really draw. are. I guess. Oh. Mm. Okay.
0: Okay. So this is struggling. Um, <laughs> wait, and I was about to say, wait a minute. It's actually not that
1: bad. That, I mean, Dro is the worst for sure. No, even no. Mm. It, so okay, hear me out. Just right? honest, I guess. <laughs> Dro is trash, but it's evident. Uh he is there. He doesn't play the I'm a good guy well enough, so mm-hmm. he um ends. He ends up giving up on that. Lawrence, on the other hand, plays this. I'm such a great guy. But then there's all these insecurities, which really fucks up things for him. And it and it is very frustrating to watch that on screen. So I'm kind of stuck <laughs> with saying, like, I, I don't know if I can handle that, that. I don't know if I can handle that. Or it's like, do I deal with the, you know, the cheater? Do I deal with the person who thinks that I'm cheating all the mm. time because he hasn't gotten over his own issues? <laughs> I will marry I'm and- <laughs> Let's, start- <laughs> Let's just start there. That sounds like a that sounds like a decent like you know he's
2: very elusive. He is.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I don't need you in my space anyway. Um, call you when I need you. Um,
2: well, that leaves I, one. I
1: guess. No, it's I too. guess I would fuck. I would fuck. All right. Um, I killed. I killed
0: y'all. That's Lawrence Lawrence after the Z-Pack, though, because you know he got burnt on one of them uh, (laughs) (laughs) episodes. You know he changed his life, and he was going to church, and that was season three. (laughs) Yeah, I would say, listen.
1: I forgot that. If you want to push somebody,
0: like Lawrence, you know, if you have the the type of time, like, Lawrence is the perfect person to... uh, To do that with because he always needs somebody to like push him along and like make him better and like basically, you know, him wanting to do better because of whoever he's with. I'm like, can you grow up pair? You know, I like love him in real life, but I'm like,
1: please, like get it together. I I just need you to literally like grow up pair.
2: Yeah, he can't stay single.
1: He can't, say, And that's why he hasn't gotten over because he's always, he did this with Aparna, he's doing this with Condola, where he's always worried about the men that have been in their past because he has not gotten over the fact mm. that you cheated on him with somebody from her past. He has not gotten over that. And I was like, if you would get over that, you wouldn't have this issue where you are constantly worried about how you're presented to her friends or what this man means or what that man's being. There'd be a lot more confidence in where you stand in their lives. Damn, you I didn't even think care about that, but that makes but, so much sense. <laughs> he is stuck. I'm like, every time he always asks about somebody's past. That's why he, at first I was very confused as to why he was why he was bothered by Condola being divorced. I'm like, it's a divorce. Like, if there's any type of, like, <laughs> right. breakup. Like, like
2: that's a a, breakup. yeah.
1: <laughs> like, you shouldn't have to worry about a thing, but he was very, like, bothered by the fact that she had divorced it baggage. I'm like, you don't even know how long she was married. You were in the religion right. for years. Like, what kind of, like, what? So... That kind of led me to believe, like, yeah, Lawrence needs to, he got a lot of, and he believes in, like, a, he believes in, like, he has so many expectations in himself and other people. Well, um, I was just going to say, he, to he, needs, to to he needs to go to therapy.
0: I also two. feel like I don't, I'm like, if, between Condola and um, Lawrence, like, I did think that they were on the road to, like you know, being something that was serious, that they would have had these types of conversations that he wouldn't have felt like he was a jump-off. But obviously, I'm like, clearly they didn't. And then I didn't even realize Molly and Andrew were exclusive. I thought they were still in a situation ship from the first episode. And I was like, they missed so damn hard. Like, I was like, and I'm like, I'm watching this, and I'm totally confused as to the state (laughs) of their relationships and what's happening. So I was like, do they even know? Well, well, remember, she got mad at him because... He was still dating other people, and she wasn't right. But then, and then episode four, they were in a relationship, and it was my man. And then I'm like, "Well, True. yeah." Like, where they did? up Did I miss something? And episode somebody was like, "Oh, in episode three, they were exclusive." And I was like, "Oh, I must have missed." I that. guess I not know. dating other people means you're in a relationship. I I uh, never no yeah I was like and I, I don't even
1: know. no that, I don't but I'm guessing that that's what they're <laughs> no I don't. I mean, sure. I mean, I guess in like the in that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I would hope that there's a little more communication like that we are in a relationship. Um, unless, you know, Andrew's like, you know, a lot of niggas who just when they decide that, she has, that you know, they have feelings and they, right. you, they're their girl. But was that made it. clear
0: to anyone? Um, to, like, was that ever made clear? That's the
1: thing. I when she was talking about like oh like I wanted to invite him to Thanksgiving or I wasn't sure but we are to, we're dating we're together and I was just like oh okay um then why didn't you invite I don't him? Know, it wasn't clear. Was together, Yeah,
0: I, I I just had to. I'm like I don't know. Somebody like, was wrong because I'm like that conversation did not happen. I'm like I must have <laughs> completely missed that. <laughs> and I, I,
1: it's not yeah it's not like it's it's the timeline in general is just really weird on the show so it makes it difficult to kind of be like when did this happen or when did that happen like apparently it's like a month that has passed and then when you look at the the uh, commercial, like the ad for next episode is in January, so I'm just like <laughs> right? Christmas? I just don't We just had Thanksgiving. Yeah, the the, like, the timeline,
0: like, we gotta get these little 8-10 episodes out. We gotta pump these out. Y'all ain't getting all these holidays. See, and that is what I miss from like, you know, girlfriends, like Martin, we celebrated every holiday. Remember there was like the Halloween episode? They was, every oh, holiday. Yeah. Like, you had yeah. They celebrated like every major holiday, but there was also obviously way more episodes.
2: But it was also timely too. I feel like shows now, holidays aren't necessarily timely with the holiday. Like Martin Mm -hmm. would give you a Martin special for during the holiday.
0: But yeah, Black is, they do. Black is they do. <laughs> It works more so with, like, the structure style idea. of the, yeah, the television show. So, like, Insecure mm. is a, like a storyline, whereas Martin, every episode is a different story, essentially. It's like every episode is fresh. Got it. Mm-hmm. But... I mm. I'm like I, I guess. So back to these niggas. Um, there was going around. On- <laughs> back to these <laughs> niggas. I'm like back to these <laughs> niggas. Um, there was a thread going around about a guy that then just basically the the main tweet was um, imagine graduating from law school, a huge accomplishment, and your fo- your first post is this, and he just basically was saying how he was the prize because he ran down the statistics of how uh you know like black women outnumber black men, but how more black men are in jail, um, have a criminal record. Um, and obviously just like a whole list of things of why black, of more men telling women why they're unmarried and you don't get picked and, and all this. It's like too long. When I first thought, I was like, I'm not reading all this shit. And then I was like, "Mm, let me read it. Um, (laughs) I, I, I just,
2: so, is this the one where he posted this and his caption yes. down, and he yeah, had the this explanation the first thing he posted when he eat? got okay, his okay. damn um,
0: law degree. This was the thing he decided to post and then update. That, was that. He apparently. So didn't he was typing that out. So, so yeah, I'll um, read the first paragraph. Yeah. Now that I'm yeah. JD, JD, bar number, bar number loading. I've entered into a new arena of black men, and in this arena, I'm the prize now. Don't just take my word for it. Don't just take my word for it, though. And before you kill me in the comments, let me drop some stats for your ads right quick so you can see my point. Yeah, the fact that that is the first thing that you go to (laughs) after
2: (laughs) after three years of the law school. Hold on, wait a second. Before y'all light my ass up, let me tell you something. Wait, what?
0: But then I'm trash because part of me was like, I mean, he do got some points, though. Like, I was like, statistically speaking, (laughs) I was like, some he some points. If
1: he he has points, if you think that women are worthless, like he has points. Because I was yeah. like, the statistics are right, but statistics are always mm-hmm. right mm. when you want when you want them to be. Because um, you can sway, num- numbers can sway any way if you you know if you want to represent um, what you wanted. Because saying forty percent of people are alive sounds great until you realize sixty percent of people are dead. Um, so for this, I was like, yeah, this is, and the thing is, it's like particularly men who are reading this because, like, a lot of men don't think of the full story, so they'll see, like, oh, it's like, that's right, he's right, he's right. That's assuming if you think that women are worthless without a partner, and then assuming that all Mm -hmm. women date men. So, like, I was just like, I want, and this is why I've always said that more and more women need to be fulfilled with being alone and seeing other relationships as fulfilling as, as, you know, outside of romantic ones because it doesn't it cuts the legs of things like this because that shit was useless. Like, I've never <laughs> seen a more useless nigga in my life. Oh, and he proved the time.
0: it. And then I was like, nobody probably even wants your ass, like, just right. be just because you have all of these steps. Like, I was like, to post something like this or so...
2: Right, like, so you funny. just got out of like, school. Oh, no. I was like, I
0: would never. Right. right. I'm like, you sound like $100, $100,000 a day and you talking about you the prize?
2: No. You, no, you, no, had, no, you, no had. you had Talk to me. Talk to me when you partner. <laughs> Talk to me then. Right. What? when you partner all right that's a new arena bro all right we can talk
1: when your name is on the we can, i mean he could have waited i was oh, like so like hold like,
0: but like talk to me normal as dj callow would say like i do not i mm-hmm. said i said i was just like who has the time every time i see anything like this anyway i'm always just like i wish i, I don't have that much time in corona like I wish I had this amount of time to put this much thought. And you know, he had to look at them stats and had to make sure it was right. Yeah. I'm like, this is what right. you really spent your time doing? Is this? Mm-hmm.
2: It took him <laughs> to g- a- a- at least an hour to do Should've that. Should
0: have been post. studying. <laughs>
2: right? At least an hour.
0: Because your ass didn't
2: <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no. Nope. Because the
0: bar not exactly. coming back around the next no year because of this. Every- like, Black Twitter is the FBI that's the problem. <laughs> he told himself so like, exactly. They black Twitter will find like <laughs> I'm really surprised back going back to Insecure the Day. What is the show? Finding in Toya that there's not some type of like black Twitter written into it because black Twitter would have found Toya. Like Black Twitter found right. everything. Everything. Right. On,
2: and I love that they're doing that again where I it's love like that. The that show is a ninja ninja one show
0: because you know, my mother, thats yeah. all she watches all day and I, every time it comes on, you know, like For My Man and like all those TV One shows, I'm like, this is Finding Toya and Insecure for sure. Like all of these little phony shows, but yeah, I, I just you know, male privilege is is a thing. It is It is a disease rather. No, not even a thing.
1: It's for sure. I will I call I definitely call what that guy did. I have I've had a theory f- about it for years. Mm. I call it endangered species syndrome, um, and it's basically. And I know. And I, <laughs> the black man that listens to this. I mean, I'm whatever. Mm-hmm. Black niggas always cutting my my head off, but
2: it's okay. Um, <laughs> Wait, what on Twitter? Where, no,
1: I'm never I, on Twitter when I'm on the grapevine. Like <laughs> niggas hate me. It's fine, <laughs> but. um endangered species theory is, syndrome is, my theory is that like um, black men are endangered in the United States. That's a fact. Um, and they are, their lives are in danger. Black women, black people in general, but you know, black men especially are are raised in this idea that there's very few and far of them. So when they make it to certain places, um, there's no consideration for how they treat mm-hmm. other people within the black community because they've made it so they are the ones to be revered and we see that in colleges we see that in you know when black men make it to certain areas of celebrity uh Mm -hmm. we see that in all these jobs and it's just like i'm the choice you don't have a choice i get to choose you um and when i don't choose you you're the failure and that's kind of like what um a lot of black men tend to operate within there's this no, there's no, there's no, um, belief that living, the, the idea that living without them is a miserable life as opposed to like, not considering that maybe mm-hmm. you yeah. make people mm-hmm. miserable. Like, that's not the idea. It's like, Oh, I am, I, you, without me, you are miserable. So, cause there's not many of us. So you have to take this and take whatever I give you. Um, and we see it, it plays out all the time in relationships, how black women, a lot of black women, I'm speaking for black women because, you know, that's the community we're in, but um, black women will stay, will stay through a lot of things, but then some man will go on Twitter and say, yes, black that was, aren't loved. Yeah, yeah. I yes, I
0: did, that was another, that was another topic that definitely <sighs> I saw, which even to that point, I, I see both sides of that argument of, you know, a man, I guess, feeling like, I, I think what it was, and, and somebody kind of broke it down, that money equals, you know, being a provider, but there's also so many other things that are factored into a relationship. Like, if you beating up beside my head, but you're paying the bills, that's not going to work. Like, there's obviously so mm-hmm. much more that goes into it, and then I think it's interesting just to hear what, you know, I think, like, a man's take from something like that would be, because, you know, like, we had a conversation, um, maybe a, probably a few months ago about, you know, like men loving, uncon- like that men love women unconditionally where women don't, because with women, there's all, there's all these like extenuating circumstances attached to it. And, and, and men just love, yeah, men just love. So it's kind of like, I heard that, you know, all of those conversations are essentially like in the same house, if you will. And I'm like, it, it's only two people in a relationship, whatever works for you and yours, <laughs> that's what works. <laughs>
1: I mean, I always say, and I'm even when you when that was brought up on Twitter when y'all put put it on Twitter, I say,' I, the best way to to prove whether that is mm. right or wrong is to go to prisons. That's the best way to prove that prison um the, the 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 waiting rooms for for in in women prisons are empty. They are filled with maybe siblings, mothers, you know, there's really wow. any men in there. If you go to a a male prison. They are they are filled with girlfriends, wives, side chicks, yeah, mothers, siblings. Like they're they're filled. They have people coming to see them. There's people putting money on their books. That doesn't happen in women. Um, that hasn't happened in prisons that hold women. I'll even take it a step further. I worked almost ten years, and I've worked almost ten years in oncology. And for the first couple, I worked with patients. I worked in uh, urology. And I would spend a little bit of time in uh, breast cancer. So urology is a lot of them are men because they were come mm-hmm. across. They always had their wife with them. Somebody was always coming with them to help take care of them, help them. Testicular also. Um, a lot of men, their mm-hmm. partners were the one who helped, who found the cancer. So particularly with testicular cancer, they'd be like, oh, you have a, you know, a lump or something like that. So many women came in by themselves. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't come by themselves, it was with... Um, It was with a, uh, it was with like a friend, a sister, and even the numbers. Statistically, men tend to leave women when they are sick. They divorce them, they leave them. It's like the numbers are there, but we, but men tend to look at things in the micro level as opposed to micro level. So they will look at their own experience, look at their friend's experience, not consider the fact that we live in a world where you're considered to, you have to be, that you're supposed to be the provider Mm -hmm. and some Mm women actually operate under that. And you just happen to date the woman that operates under that. But the world also teaches mm-hmm. women that you have to stay through thick and thin, no matter what it is. Right. Men are not given that lesson to stay just because, like you know, they are allowed to leave. They are allowed to like dip out. And it happens all the time. We see it all the time, but the narrative belongs to the man. So we can't, it's really hard to like, even when I talk to men about that, it's really hard to like, um, Mm-hmm. It's really hard for them to even see that point because to them it's just like, well, everybody says I have to make the money in this. I'm like, you could still not make money. And Absolutely. Make you have a woman right, right. Away, going crazy over you, fighting other women Child. over you. Like, <laughs> and I mean, we see it all the time. There was a girl on. There was, I mean, I mean, I keep we keep bringing up Twitter, but there was. They said like, what if you walked to see a man's house and he had a um, oh yeah, was an air mattress or whatever it is on the floor, and this girl was like, time to yeah. move over, right? Yeah, like, Hell no, 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 no lay down. No. Um,
2: yeah, now, 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 move
1: uh-huh. over, lay down next to him, buy him a bed. I said, buy him buy a bed. Him a what? This one? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how much a uh, bed costs? like
2: in this economy child anyway so queen
1: is $2. Right. $2. If, if, $2. They i they for a while. Mattresses like, are they expensive. are expensive <laughs> mattresses are expensive like,
0: yeah and men don't think that but men don't i mean we literally had and this I, whole conversation so, with another male guest and you yeah. know his idea was that like you know he would help build a woman up and do all these things mm-hmm. i'm like and women do that every day like every day been doing it and the
1: thing is is like that's that's um and i know he's talking about that's him that's him like he is very different and he has to recognize that not very few men operate in a way where they are willing to build up a woman i i even when we were talking about and when you know last week when molly was um he was talking about like how she felt like condola was getting all of the, the effort that she put into uh lawrence and i was talking on into which is like um my co-host um Cozy's, um, from Run the Tape, his like IG live um recap. I was like, you know, I have a sports management uh ma, my name is not on it though.
2: What I mean?
0: oh, it means that means, oh, I yeah, oh. And you're, oh. And you're like, my name ain't
2: on it, right? Oh. Mm-hmm.
1: My name ain't on that shit, but I have it. I got it. I'm the one who got it. I'm the one who wrote wow. the papers. I'm the one who studied it. I'm the one who did all the exams because, like, he was working and I was just like, no, let me, you know, help you out because I was like, these things come easy to me. We're in a relationship. We got to make sure, that, you know, make sure that we're all the good because I'm assuming wow. that you'll. Wow. Do the same for you me. a writer. And, and, and I'm like, I'm not. I'm not um bitter about it or angry about it but I was like I want to make a point clear that there was that you know that energy mm-hmm. is not always reciprocated and it's really reciprocated it, And that's expected they're expected yeah. to do those things when men do it yeah, it's an expectation, but men, they're prized for doing and gold what gold and women are expected like, to do, and that's
0: the I had to, I had to have one of those moments right. recently, and I was like, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, I'm not giving you a cookie for something that you're supposed to do. Like, the same yeah. way it's shit that I'm supposed to do, <laughs> like, there are things mm. that... that that is a requirement. And those can obviously change from relationship to relationship, but like you don't get any extra points because you're a man doing what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is my argument all the time as it pertains to parenting. Right. Because it becomes heightened when you become a parent. It's like, Oh my God, he had the baby for a whole X amount of hours. And it's like, Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. This motherfucking kid. Yeah. Like, What do you mean? <laughs> what do right. you mean? And it ain't babysitting. Like, it's like you know, ba- you're not babysitting <laughs> your kid. Like no, this, this right? Is your you're child. not babysitting your child. <laughs> you're not watching your child.
1: But that's nothing too. Like, you how many women do you hear? Like, oh, you don't see. You see all these deadbeat mothers. Nobody says that. They always say uh, men always say like, I'm at least I'm not like that right. deadbeat nigga. Right. Why would that even be a comparison? like right you're not supposed to be a deadbeat like that what is wrong with y'all y'all think that that's a comparison you are not supposed to be a deadbeat the father so like and then use uh, all the time as a way to say see i'm doing so great when this is you this is you this is your child you created them do all the things that the mother would do that's There is no difference between you and the mother. Like, why do you make it seem as if you require all of this praise in order to get through parenting? That is insane to me, and it's why (laughs) I've always been afraid to have children because I will leave my child with (laughs) him and say, "When you guys figure it out, call me. I'll be back in two years." Like, I will be on the flip side. (laughs) She (laughs) say two days. She said two years. years. Yeah. Two years? No, I need you to get your potty train. I need you to teach, teach them how to feed themselves. <laughs> I, I'll come back when all of that is done. Like you take care of that. Like I will leave enough breast milk. I, we could pump. We've it's we've gotten to the point in, in the world where I can create a whole bunch. Oh my in the god! I mean, it, it, it's just, out. you know, there's
0: so many fundamental or what seem like fundamental things that, that almost like, and I don't want to say a breakdown in relationships with men and women, but you know, I think it's also like at what point do we kind of change these behaviors? Cause you know, people are coming into these relationships. Let's say, you know, you're 28, 30 plus whatever, and you already have all these ideals on how Mm -hmm. you think things should go and the way you want to, the way you should move. And it, that's just not realistic sometimes for someone to completely Mm -hmm. like change up things. And then, you know, you could be in another relationship and this person requires something that that other person did. So you're kind of like, having to constantly change what that looks like for somebody else it's just it's it's all too much sometimes for me like i i I literally i'm gonna be asexual like if anything happens i've already said it like i'm going to be asexual i don't have the time i don't have the resources (laughs) like i don't want to like i'm good it's gonna be asexual it's gonna be me and work it's gonna be me and work and that's it like i'm gonna be that woman i'm gonna be molly no andrew
1: I mean, no, but there's. I mean, we have. I mean, like, granted, romantic relationships and platonic relationships are two different things, but like, um, friendships are there and they are extremely fulfilling. Family, fr- family relationships are also there and extremely f- fulfilling. Um, a lot of time, so I try not to be like, oh, I'm gonna be like, no, it's like not. It's there's there's definitely way more people around us than sometimes we give credit to. And that's kind of what insecure is kind of showing me this season that, Mm -hmm. um, we give a lot more grace to niggas. (laughs) We really give grace to, you know, the people that love us. (laughs) No, that's for sure. That's definitely for sure. Um,
0: so, you know, switching topics a little bit more. Um, so, you know, last, I believe, yeah, last week it was, um, you know, there were, I guess, yeah, allegations and stories, Um, multiple stories about like a popular host for a popular um, like party, a nationwide party, if you will. Um, And I think for the most part, you know, for the most part, everybody was kind of in the defense of the women and making sure women are heard and, and, you know, this outcry, and I've seen the retweets and I've seen all this stuff and I think even going back to what I was saying before about like, what are, I'm a, I'm a solutions oriented person. So when I look at things, I'm like, Mm -hmm. cool. So this is the, this Mm -hmm. is the issue. Well, how do we solve it? And I think my, I mean, to this point, I feel like everybody is, like I said, caught up on everything, but like, what steps are like, what are we doing to prevent these situations from happening again? And I think it's very, you know, we do kind of live in this New York bubble to what you were saying about what is it called again, the endangered and enda- endangered species. And like <laughs> endangered all species of that type <laughs> of stuff. Leads into, I think that, you know, men of a certain, and I'm not giving it a pass by no means. Cause you could look at someone like, you know, Joe Biden and, and all these other, Yeah, you know, like this is nothing new under the sun. This has been happening since the dawn of time. Um, and so, that's why I'm like, okay, so at what point Absolutely. are actions being rectified to change this? Like what behaviors are taught to like young girls and young boys? Cause you, um, you had almost like start back at the very beginning on like inappropriate touch and you're uncomfortable yeah. and when to say something. And I'm like, like this is the type of stuff that needs to be taught in schools. Like I ain't never used calculus or fraction shit division a day in my life. Like I'm gonna take it all the way back. Like, <laughs> I never <laughs> used division in my adult life, not once. And it's right. like we're missing all of these like really important milestones. And like of course it's on the parents, like it's it's on everybody though at this point because it, it's so rampant and like I said, it's it's happened since the dawn of time. And I'm like, All right, well we've had these stories and now obviously an entire week has passed and we haven't heard anything about anything. And now we didn't move on to the next news cycle. Like Beyonce dropped yeah. uh, Savage Remix, and we was and Drake came out with demon tapes and it was like, Oh wait, what happened? No, now we want to, we're literally on to the next new cycle.
1: <laughs> yeah. We have a short attention span even yeah. for things that we shouldn't so um i i've always said it that the what needs to happen is that people need to be honest about the culture that we're living in because people like to make these things as one-offs like this is him this is what he did um when another story came out and the reason and that one is more insidious to me because it's nobody's really talking about it but it was about another person in Jose the girl had written the story and she talked about how the people around him laughed, and I was like, "This is what the culture. This is the culture of it: humiliating women, overpowering women, and everybody around it laughing and thinking it's normal until somebody ends up getting arrested for it. Um, and then that's when everybody scrambles to show that they are not a part of the, the type of behavior that is happening. So I think the first thing is that we men, in particular, though, have to be honest that we live in rape culture, and rape culture is part of normal american global culture Um, if we can't do that and we really cannot get anywhere you can't teach children what consent is Mm -hmm. if you are half-stepping it and half-stepping is being dishonest about what where you in your life have not received consent to touch somebody else so it's just like, and even then, like, I mean, like when we teach children consent from, we should also respect their autonomy as well, too. I think a lot of people teach consent, but then think that they have a right to their children's bodies. And it's like, no, like you also, as you're teaching them, you have to also teach them that I too, I'm your mother or I as your father, you know, as your parent have to be like, hey, can I kiss you? Can I touch you? Can I, the things that you are teaching, so they they're they're not confused because the lessons are, well, if you're close enough to mm-hmm. me, you can do whatever you want. So, like, you don't want that to be the lesson um, to the children that are around you. Um, and as they grow, that's what they grow into. Um, but it really just starts with honesty. And a lot of people have a hard time coming to that honesty. Um, I was at, I was on a, like, uh, mm. I do panel, virtual, you know, something on Saturday. And one person got upset because I refused to say um, some men. And I was like, I will not, I will never do that again there's no reason because all it does is make you feel better that it's not you. So you can say like, Oh, she said some men. So it's not me Mm -hmm. when you benefit from this culture. And I was like, and I cannot do that anymore. I'm not interested in making someone feel better when all of you are raised in this culture, whether you commit the acts is entirely, you know, that's a different story. However, we all are in this culture. We all are raised in this culture. So your mindset is not that much different. It's two steps to the left from the person who committed the crime. So how do we make sure that you never think that it's okay to get to those two steps? Like, what is the break? And it's recognizing that you actually have mm-hmm. very little to move either left I or right. I was on that um, that
0: virtual Zoom too. Um, and I was very, I didn't say anything. I was mute. I just kind of wanted to take in what everyone else was saying. And then after a while, I think it just kind of became, I don't want to say redundant, but the points were made. Um, and girl, you robbed them up with that comment. They was not having it. And, um, and I understood what you were saying. And I guess, let me, let me say a couple things. So Della was the one who organized this, uh, this like virtual brunch to kind of have, uh, an open discussion amongst, uh, multiple people um that some know each other some didn't i i definitely didn't know a lot of the people that was uh that was invited um i think I know i've seen some names yeah. or whatever and then i saw you and they was like, "Oh shit okay this is great because you know she'll be on the show um but I, one thing i did like was that uh a gentleman raised his hand to create this conversation um Going back to your point, Uchechi, um, about there needing to be just honesty in general from men, I feel like because of that, they need to take more leadership in this conversation because women, we've been having this conversation since the shit has been happening, mm-hmm. you know? So Absolutely. I did appreciate him for uh, for taking leadership in that. I appreciated everyone for providing um, their experience, their opinion, um, some feelings did get hurt. Um, but I think overall the point is that it's basically the same thing of when we talk about race in America and how, you know, black people are disenfranchised, you know, and we've been, you mm-hmm. know, promoting civil rights equality and all of these things for years for fighting for our freedom, um, you know, and just the layers and everything that has happened. And, and now it's like, okay, well, we've been having this conversation, white people. Now you guys have to have some level of accountability in this, and maybe you should then further lead the discussion. And I think that that was the point that you were trying to make, because the truth is, is that all men benefit from the privileges from of yeah. rape culture or being the dominant gender or what have you. And I'm using air quotes, um, just because that's the way that the world is set up, but that, you know, women are uh, viewed as equals, um, in every aspect that we see. So I, what, one thing that I did like was that and I'm starting to see other men just kind of like lead that conversation. I think obviously we have so, so much further to go, but I, that was one thing that I appreciated that just men having that conversation. Oh, Barosha, we can do this shit all day, every day we've been doing it, you know, but I think the men need to right. speak and they need to lead. Um, and be honest, like you said, truly honest. Yeah. Cause you're not, and you're also not going to get anywhere with just everybody agreeing. That's yeah. just mm-hmm. not even how a conversation mm-hmm. or, or discussion, everybody's not going to agree on the same thing. So I think, you know, to me, a lot of times, like, riling feathers and, and, you know, it makes you think, like, wait a minute, like, for somebody yeah. to say, like, no, it's not all. No, it it really is all. Like, this is an absolute statement, essentially. So then it kind of does make you mm-hmm. think about it. Because that was my thing, that. I was saying initially, like, I feel like men were like, No, that's him, and I wouldn't do that. No, you you've probably done some things that someone was really uncomfortable with, and nobody told you, and nobody expressed that to you. So you thought it was okay. Yeah. Like there's a lot of times I think, you know, especially as women, like most women have probably experienced something that made them uncomfortable or was an assault or or, or something that a man has done to you that in the man's head, he probably never even thought that. He offended you. He did anything wrong to you because that to your point, like that is rape culture. So, yeah, until people are like really in particular men, really honest about these types of conversations, it is it's like we're going on a hamster wheel and we can't and we make it these isolated incidents when it's not. It's far more rampant than what we think or that's being mm -hmm. shown rather.
2: It's
1: definitely, I, I, and and it's funny, because I was sitting there um, during the brunch, and I was just like, you know, I'm being gaslit. I'm being, um, like, you're basically, I'm being, I'm, I'm, like, it's, there's an attempt to kind of, like, quiet me, and it's so funny, mm-hmm. because that's why women don't come forward, because, like, I'm telling you that this is a culture that we live in, but you're doing everything you can to just um, remove yourself from the situation so that you are not associated with it as opposed to being like, okay, this is what happens to women when they come forward. This is what happens when women say, hey, your friend just kind of like, he grabbed my ass or he did this and you laugh it off and you say like, oh, he would never do that. Or like, why makes what makes you think that he would do it to you? Like you, this is, that is the culture, that behavior, like, and I don't, and that's how ingrained in how, like, pervasive it is. Like, I don't even think the person, the, the several men who are trying to quiet me realize, like, that's rape culture. That's a part of it. That's silencing. I'm not saying that you're raping me but or anything of that n- nature, but a part of that system, this patriarchal system, is that silencing of women. So when things like that happen to them, they aren't able to speak up or they require other women to speak up so that they're not alone in the situation. Because
2: mm-hmm.
1: if one woman had come out, people would have written her off. The fact that 40 or 40 plus women came out, you have no choice, but to acknowledge what's going on. You can't ignore it, which is why the other girl who said what she said about another person was able to keep it yes. under oh, oh, the yeah, rug yeah, because yeah. it was yes, I did see that one.
0: Oh Lord. It's so it's.
1: Mm. They just gotta. They just. They just gotta speak up. They just. And mm-hmm. niggas have to stop laughing about shit when their homies do it. Say something. Like, what's what will kill you is to say something to your friend and be like, don't do that.
2: Yeah, I think you like, all came to a that. good point about that though, where it has to come from the men. Like, you know, the victims speak out, and like you said, sometimes people listen, sometimes they don't. But like, as men, we kind of have to like get each other in check like bro like that's not appropriate behavior like I can't look at the next man doing something and not say anything it's almost like mm-hmm. I'm doing it too because I let it happen so we kind of exactly. have to keep you know each other what? in check I was listening yeah. to
0: uh the Joe Budden podcast <laughs> earlier today and I didn't finish it but one thing that he mentioned he kind of took it a step further which you know he had his own accusation um a few years back but uh, he took it a step further and was like, you know, you if your mans ain't paying child support, that is accountability. You know, like you need to be accountable to your friends on so many different levels with how they treat women. It's not just, you know, sexual abuse, it's not just um, you know, rape or how you treat them or how you, you know, engage with them. Just everything that you see that's like out of line with men, you know, um, your friend, you need to hold them accountable across all channels. So I thought that that was very interesting, too.
1: That's uh, some <laughs> interesting mental that gymnastics that we be doing.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all I got. I'm and I,
1: I heard about
0: that episode and I was actually wondering if he like made mention to any of his accusations, but... He he did a little bit, um, which was kind of why I listened, because I was like, wow, I'm curious, you know, if he's going... To, I'm curious to see what his point of view is in general, um, just because I... I like hearing Joe's perspective. I think he doesn't give a fuck about what people think. And I kind of, you know, I dig people like that in general. Hmm. Um, so I was curious to know his take on it. Um, but he, I don't want to say that he danced around it. He did address it, but he said that, you know, so many people, uh, would hit him on the side and be like, yo, I know you personally. So I don't, Believe that this happened to you, you know. I don't believe this, so yeah, and that ain't got nothing to do that with, was kind the, of with the happening because I think that happens a lot of times. Yeah, because like, like- anytime you like really know someone, you hear something, you know, sometimes it's so egregious. A lot of times you are like, I know you, like that would never happen, like you, you didn't do that, but yeah, ah, uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I,
1: I haven't heard it, so I don't know either what makes us so i that's uh i don't know joe is is really interesting to me i remember when i i like i randomly i went to some party and i ran into him like i had always known about his um um i do like issues with no joe. yeah I don't that was say it i'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure but yeah, uh, so like you know and I'm but I think by that time he had kind of cleaned up or whatever like that and I remember meeting him and I was talking to a friend and I was just like oh my god that's not your butter he's so fine he's this he's that she was like "Joe," yeah. and I was like yeah and she was just like you like Joe button and I was like <laughs> uh and she was like oh they, please send me listen, on the Everybody <laughs> <Lord. laughs> And then but and then I tried to like accept you know, I was like people change, but then as I listen to his podcast, I haven't listened in like a couple of, in like a year or two, so maybe the the the, the material has changed or become more aware. But it just seemed like, oh, there's all this misogynal war in his stuff. There's this kind of, like, lack of respect towards women. There's a lot of, like, uh, manipulation that occurs with the discussion. He, when he talks about women and our genders and stuff like that. And I was like, this is this doesn't sound much like somebody who's changed or taken accountability. So I'm going to exit um, and leave him for other people because I was like, I can't. I um I can't and I've left it at that and I'm happy that he speaks out like that but it also makes me wonder and it also brings light to us how many men do speak up like that, but do not operate in the way that, you know, they're speaking of, which is why I called it mental gymnastics. Because I'm like, yeah, we're talking about, like, child support and how men treat women. But are we discussing that fact that infidelity is so common that it's normal mm. for men to cheat? Yeah, he no didn't mention that. An eye, <laughs> when there's no, you but know, you're but right. if he's talking about, yeah, if he's talking you're about right. how we treat women mm-hmm. in general, you know. Overall, I'm like if you know if you and your if you know that your homeboy doesn't have is not in a is is in a monogamous relationship. It's different if they're in a non monogamous relationship, but if they are in a monogamous relationship and he's he's breaking he's betraying that the commitment of that monogamy. What uh-huh. are you saying to that? But it's so normalized that you don't even think twice. Maybe if the woman, if you if you think that the woman is good, you might say something. And that's if you as a friend thinks of this good. You won't consider the fact that no woman should be experiencing oh, so much that accountability on so many fronts.
0: It's a long way to go. I'm like, it's so much yeah. work. That, that. It's a long way to go, boy, because that's why I say it's so easy to be like, well, that that ain't me, so I'm gonna speak to this over here, because that's not my heap of shit, when it's like, it's all, we, at this point, you just gotta throw all of that shit in there, and, like, because it, it, there's a common thread amongst all of it, and, and, like, pick it up, and, and, and pick it all apart, essentially, and, like, really, back to the, you know, honesty, I'm not just saying these as buzzwords, but, like, to have these honest conversations and accountability, but, I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the hardest part. A lot of people, you can't even be honest with yourselves to even, you know, have that type of honesty with somebody else.
1: I think a good way, I always tell people that, you know, when somebody calls you homophobic or somebody calls you racist or somebody calls you xenophobic, don't. Getting stuck in the words is not going to change the actions that you do. So you can cry, scream, say, I'm not racist, but now let's look at the actions. It's clearly a reason why that's, and, you know, and if you are being called racist, that's fine. What is Mm -hmm. your actions? What are your actions portraying? You know, I, you know the the times i have been called transphobic or homophobic the first thing i did was like what what is going on my actions that people would think that like where am i going wrong that people would assume where that people would think that i am this person because nine times out of ten they're probably not wrong um because it's not just words that you just throw around for the sake of throwing around like if we're not we have no problems with each other like why would you it's not those aren't fighting words like we Mm -hmm. don't argue with words like that we don't uh, like those aren't the words that we choose to like fight with or to make somebody feel like, you know, a certain way we bring it to their attention because that's what it is. And I think that people get caught up in semantics and they get caught up in like, Oh, that's not what I am. I may do this, but that doesn't make me a racist. And I was like, and we deal with this tiptoeing and we deal with this, uh-huh. like, you know, jumping around all the time instead of dealing with the action. And if we can get past that, a lot of times we can mm. get to the root and how we act and, um, wow. We can get very true. somewhere. <laughs> I do think a lot of
0: people get caught up in, to your point, the word, as opposed to saying, "Well, how, man, maybe I did contribute to this. Maybe that's not exactly how I feel or think, but maybe I am doing something that's sketchy that mm-hmm. that makes this other person feel that way." That I was like, and that sounds like basic communication that don't be happening. Just in, like interpersonal relationships, because yeah. I'm like, Ooh. I was like, that's <laughs> triggering. I'm like, that alone and not even dealing with anything that we're talking about. I was like, oh, that's triggering. <laughs> just having those honest conversations. Mm-hmm. But um, um, what would you what would mm-hmm. you tell your younger self? Oh, what would you tell your younger self? Oh, sorry.
1: Oh, I'm thinking, um, no, it's fine. What would I tell my younger self? Um, uh, don't be afraid. Don't let fear become your crutch. Um, I think I would tell my younger self to find freedom earlier. Um, and not to wait for, for adulthood to recognize it, but to start searching for it as early as possible.
0: Like I can tell my today self um, that <laughs> I was like, let me heed those words. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: <babe>. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I waited, I relied on for so long and other people kind of, um, telling me who I needed to be, who I needed to like, what I needed to do to succeed. Um, the path I needed to take, I was so afraid to step away from it. Um, didn't realize how I was constricted myself, um, until maybe my late twenties, early thirties. And it took like really significant life changing situations to happen for me to even for even that to happen. So, and I, and, and, that shouldn't happen, so okay. I would tell my younger self to look for freedom immediately. Immediately. I love that. Um, yeah, and not to use f- fear as a crush. And, it um,
0: and what do you know for it, sure? It doesn't save you. Come
1: on. I know for sure. I know, I mean, I'm like, come on. on.
0: <laughs> Girl, you got a
2: degree somebody in somebody else's is, name. I know you did. I like.
0: <laughs> Right. Oh, you for sure it right. I'm like, yeah, you <laughs> are you
1: Yes, you did.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: I and it's funny because it's like I. I mean, like I use that as like mm. a you know as a cautionary tale um because people always look at me and they're like, oh, you're so strong or you're this or that, and I was like, I got right. caught up in these same traps like everybody else because what I like, I know I'm you know, I'm an, I guess you can call me an academic, I, I read, like I'm a researcher, all this stuff. So like, I know what to say. And I try to live my life in that accord. But I also am in this world where I was raised yeah. the same way as everybody else. So like, there's mistakes that I have made that other women have made, I have, you know, done, I have been in terrible relationships with men, because I didn't want to be alone. And I had to learn how not to, you know, how that was not okay. You're done the work. You know, so I've, experience the same thing that ever a I, lot of times and it's just like and in order you to waiting. work sometimes you got to go through it <laughs> I, right. I, and I, so you know unfortunately that is you know i had to learn a lot of lessons by you know dealing with consequences of you know certain actions and certain decisions that i made and i just hope that you know that somebody looks at me and like I'm not going to do that. So when I bring up a sports, you know, manager that I have a, a a master's in it, it's to make sure that somebody else doesn't do the same bullshit I did. Like that's just make sure that, she, <laughs> you know, and I'm happy that I, cause I have all this knowledge. Great, <laughs> you know, I could like, <laughs> so, and I, you know, I love knowledge. So I can, I, you know, that's my, I always look at the positive that I learned a significant amount Um but nobody should have to look no, at the positives in this
0: situation. Was another, like,
1: to I'm not even gonna get into it, but
0: another like Twitter, Instagram situation. And I was like, see, that's why you can never uplift these niggas. Like, you can't ever, ever. I, I, I gotta be selfish. I was like, yeah. I'm not going to.
1: But you know, there's a little tiny part of me that definitely feels like that. I was like, Mm-mm-mm. oh no, that's probably, that's mm-hmm. definitely another thing I, was younger, so I would tell my younger self, be extremely selfish Mm. as the oldest of seven children i find it very easy to give to give myself away like i come from a huge family oh wow and the oldest i'm the oldest woman the oldest girl i give i'm i easily i find it very easy to like oh like you need something i got it you need something i got it i'm I'm ready to do it oh you need me to like drive (laughs) i I don't know dc in one night and come back no gas money okay yeah like that's and i have Mm -hmm. to catch myself like right gas money I also need you to pay mm. my tolls, like, and, and not feel bad about it. So <laughs> like, you know, I'm willing to help, but I need to have that, you know, somebody, I need that to be reciprocated. And um, it, it's very difficult when you are naturally a generous person, but you have to realize the world that you live in is not generous. So you have to be selfish with your empathy be selfish with you know your generosity um just to protect Uh, yourself so you know we end the
0: show with the quote and it is um everything always ends up working out sometimes even better than you can imagine um and i think it almost like what you were saying towards the end like it kind of speaks to that like that Mm. you know it's something that while you know no one should have to go through it or whatever but you learned a lot that's why i said a lot of times like this really you have to go through like Daniel, like burn shit to the ground almost to really come out better on the other side, but whew, a lot of work. So um,
1: where can people find you? Absolutely. Um, you can find me at words by Uchechi. that's words by U C H E C H I on both Twitter and um, Instagram. <laughs> My Twitter is private right now. But give me a couple more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be back it'll be back public you know I just have to take care of some things um um and you can also find me on the grapevine you can also find me on the run the tape pod as well um they're both on so grapevine is on the youtube it's on youtube and uh run the tape is on is on uh so where can people find you uh people can find me uh words by uchechi um that's w-o-r-d-s-b-y-u-c-h-e-c-h-i on twitter and on instagram the twitter is private because i had to take care of a couple of things but like two three weeks i'll be back um, <laughs> Um <laughs> and then you can also yeah it's uh, totally you know, get it. we get it life, you know sometimes
0: yeah, I close it <laughs> listen I, they know I go <laughs> private like once a week I go private and go off private all the time so I'm, I'm yeah I'm typically private yeah yeah I I went off private for book club but yeah anyway
1: right I know, um, so you sometimes I'm like oh okay this like it's that time of the month again okay we just <laughs> <laughs> slide the little button to the left yeah, right <laughs> i'll be back now. um <laughs> right but yeah um and then you can also find me on the grapevine which is on youtube um also all social media platforms and you can find me at run pod as well too um which is on all digital streaming platforms and on instagram and um instagram and twitter as well so yeah
0: Thank you so so much for enlightening us today. Um, awesome. I forgot to mention before we leave, yes. we started a book club, but it's like a hood novel book club, where we're, where we will be reading. Like our first book is Eric Jerome Dickey's book, Liars' Game. Um, this all happened over a Twitter conversation, actually, and and I think you know everybody kind of has these shared experiences <laughs> and like somebody made a mention to write reading be more careful but like the all the type she corrected all the typos in the book so we're here to open up that, <laughs> is that
1: person because they know my heart because that's what I did I read it I was just she, like oh yeah, she like...
0: <laughs> yeah she said she had a red pen and she would and she would literally yeah, like correct all the typos, those typos. um so that this is this is for those people um and uh you know I think like the coldest winter ever just like all those books that you know you kind <laughs> when we were growing up and and we're just bringing those back just to highlight some of those so like I said the first book is um Liar's Game by Eric Jerome Dickey and you can find it on um more information on our socials as well
1: I don't have to read that. I haven't read an Eric Jerome Dickey book in a while That's it's a book. Yes. I'm like
0: it's somewhere I, I I'm home I'm with my parents so my mother has like every Eric Jerome Dickey book still um and I, I mean, Aspire. I found giant magazines. It, it is just like, it's actually sitting right next to me. And I was like, oh my God, this is a gold mine. <laughs> There's so much stuff over here. So I was like, come oh, on, right. Nostalgia. Right, exactly, and I'm like, I wish I would have kept my suede magazines. Okay, now I'm going on a tangent, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like I still got some. But um, again, thank you for joining us. And uh,
1: yes, thank, thank you, you so for much. having me. I really like um, I've I've like followed you for a while now, and love yes. your platform. Love the yes, idea so. of like reminding people that women are multifaceted. So, um, thank you so much for having me.
0: <laughs> Look, we are doing that. Me you. and D are the, you are doing that. The red table talk, what's Jada's mother? Right, oh, the the, the me where she be sticking <laughs> her finger up. Yes.
2: Doing
0: a thing. And let me think with a good With low tear in the eye. Thank you again. Yes. Thank you so much. Little we tea. really appreciate you. Keep keep the strong fight, girl. Right. <laughs> like, I will absolutely stay safe. My
1: best. You too. Y'all stay safe as well. All right. Thanks. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Yo, you listening to the Oprah Row show with TT and Gigi, and yeah. Get it
1: popping.